Well, another insight I had, Stephen, from the Western States 100 is that, I got to be honest, the Clydesdales were way underrepresented. <laughs> I didn't see any Clydesdales out on the course. This used to be a horse race, okay? That's true. We need more Clydesdales out there. Let's get some Clydesdales into the race. I think you've got to get a yellow ticket, but there's also a lottery. Oh, it's true. There should be certain spots reserved for the Clydesdale. Right. Embrace your heritage. Bring the Clydesdales in. Let's make it happen. Yeah, maybe it's like a stable section, you know, where the Clydesdales can kind of roll up, you That's know, right. and stuff. And they might get like a little longer time allotment, but I think that'd be great. That would be awesome. Hi, this is Rusty. Barbara. Ashley. Ned. Caleb. Mar. Abby. And we are Big Ass Runners from Woodstock, Georgia. Voted Blue Ridge Outdoors Magazine Top Adventure Town for 2019. Welcome to the Big Ass Runner Podcast, where we entertain and encourage trail runners from all over the world. Now here's your hosts, Jeff Everything is Fantastic Carol and Stephen Name That Tune Pritt. Well, Rusty and family, what a fantastic intro. I love that. You guys are amazing. We were so fortunate to have the whole entire family there. The whole family. Steven, he's got six kids plus a, I think it's a daughter-in-law and a soon-to-be son-in-law. Wow. Family's growing like crazy. Yeah, it was kind of like a little bit of a Brady Bunch feel to it there. So I really like it. I'm just picturing the squares and everybody looking up and down. So thank you, Rusty, so much and family for doing that. Rusty, Jeff, just so you know, is a Pikes Peak Ascent finisher. Are you serious? Yeah, and he used to live in Colorado. Now he's in Georgia, but he yep. loves doing 14ers. And you and I just did a 14er last year. So. We did. We crushed it. We totally annihilated that one. Well, welcome to the Big Ass Runner. I'm Jeff Harrell. And I'm Stephen Pritz. Steven, this is episode, I don't know if you're going to be ready for this one. I'm sitting down. Are you sitting down? I'm always sitting down. <laughs> That's true. Episode 49. Whoa. When the episodes start getting closer to our age, then this is like getting personal now. <laughs> <laughs> it does feel that way. It feels like we're really close to 52. It just feels that way. It's like we're almost there. Maybe this time next week. I don't know. Something like that. Well, we've got a really great episode planned. If you remember last week, we had our very first ever segment called My First Trail Race. Today, we have part two. We're going to hear from one of our... We don't have favorites, Stephen. But right. if we did, this if would we be did a have favorite. favorites. Right. Danny is going to be doing her very first trail race audio, which is awesome. Yeah. And in part two, you know, this last week mm -hmm. was Western States. Yes. A big trail race in the trail running community. And we have 10 unlikely insights from Western States that you may not have made. You know, you don't always get this in mainstream media. 10 no. insights that only the big ass runner can bring you. Yeah. We're looking forward to that one as well, too. And we heard a lot of people say how much they like the first trail race because, again, you know, this is a podcast for the everyday trail and ultra runner out there just making it happen so we really excited about this and we're excited to unpack western states some people may not know what that is like you said so we're gonna really just give them some insight that maybe they didn't catch on twitter and as a clydesdale whenever you say unpack it gets me really excited <laughs> it makes me feel a little lighter you feel a little looser i do right yeah i do and i think one of the things that was so great about western states this year Stephen, was that they actually had it that's true because last year because of covid they had to cancel western states so things are starting to reopen right life as we used to know it is starting <laughs> to come back around and i thought before we jump into the show we talk a little bit about 
some of the things that you and I are excited most about with things that are now reopening? Yeah, I think everybody has this sense. I don't know about you, Jeff, and maybe our listeners do too, of like, we're almost there. We're almost, there's like a little bit of anticipation, not quite the, you know, Christmas day kind of anticipation, but things are probably opening up. And there are so many things that as we stop and think about, like, I really miss that. Let me ask you this, Jeff, as you kind of thought through some of those things, what's some of the things that kind of come to your mind and say, okay, you know what? I'm really looking forward to that. One of the first ones was movies. Mm. You know, we really like going to the movies. I know now you can watch movies at home, which is great. You yeah. Know, I, I like that, but there's something about going to the movies, getting a big thing of popcorn, you know, you got to layer the butter yes. just right. We like to sit, and what I love now about movie theaters is you can reserve your seats. Yeah. And they've got the big recliners that go out. And so we like to sit at the very top row, right in the middle, <laughs> their big popcorn and watch movies. And for the last year, there just haven't been any. And even when the movie theater started to open, there weren't any movies yeah. to show. Yeah. And so I'm really excited about some of you know, Top Gun 2 has been teased for like <laughs> three years now. I'm really excited about real movies and going back to the movie theater. Yeah. You're right. And some of the experiences now, even when you go, there's not really that many people in the theater. And so when you're watching a movie and everybody's laughing at the same time and gasping at the same time and holding each other. No, sorry. Um, but anyway, yeah, you know, it's embracing. like embracing each other. It's like that's part of the experience in addition to what you're seeing on the screen. So, no, I completely agree. Cannot wait for that. I love movies, too. Movies are awesome. What about you, Stephen? Anything that you're really looking forward to now that things are starting to reopen? Yeah, I think one thing that I know we can do now, but I just kind of want to do it more is really travel. This might sound weird, but I really enjoy traveling. Like, I love airports. I love going places. Even when it's for work, I really enjoy that. So my company where I work, you know, we can travel just a little bit, but not full out open. So I'm looking forward to that and also, you know, going places just personally. So again, more that fuller experience. You know, I think we're just on the cusp of it, but not not quite just yet. Yeah, I love traveling too. And I used to travel pretty much every other week for work and I haven't traveled in, gosh, 18 months or so. So Definitely something I'm looking forward to as well. You know, another one for me, Stephen, is I'm a, as you know, big music guy. What's that? <laughs> you're, you're coming along. Well, you did really well last time. Just one time doesn't make an aficionado. Uh, but we're, yes. we're getting there. We're getting there. I love going to live concerts. And last year, 2020, we had tickets. My son, who's a senior in high school this year, loves music as well. We had tickets to go see Chicago. Not wow. the musical, but the band. Uh. Not the town, but the actual rock band. Right. And we also had tickets to see Aria Speedwagon. Oh, wow. Both concerts got not canceled, but moved. Mm -hmm. They moved the Aria Speedwagon one twice. Uh -huh. And so it's actually now in November of 2021. Okay. And we kind of joked, they can't keep moving it because it's, it's an older band, Stephen. Right. <laughs> We're just hoping that they're still around. They might have walkers that they need to move it right. Yeah. So last time I saw them, actually the lead singer, Kevin Cronin, had a torn Achilles. Mm. So yes, prone to injury. We're hoping that he is fully healthy this November when we see RESP Begum. So yeah, live music, live concerts is something I'm really looking forward to. Yeah. I think another one for me is, again, I think it's like we're really close with it, is trail races. You know, like there's one aspect, like you and I have run a couple together and I'm doing one next weekend. And 
but they're open. But you know, it's like the pre and post party part of it. It just seems like we're not quite there yet. So I, I like the idea of like some of these ones locally. They'll have food afterwards, or people kind of take out the folding chairs, you know, and hang around. Right now, it's kind of like you kind of give chin shakes and waves, and you kind of just go back to your car. I like that vibe a little bit more. So I'm looking forward to that. I think we're close on that, but not quite the way it just used to when people are just hanging out afterwards. Well, it's funny you say that, Stephen, because in our first segment, we're going to hear from Danny, and she talks about that. What? Yeah, what a great tee-up. And I think we were actually at her first trail race. Is that correct? We, we'll find out. Wow. We'll find out. So coming up in our first segment, Danny's going to talk about her first trail race. So with that, Stephen, let's get going on episode number 49 of The Big Ass Runner. We can keep the fire burning, let it keep us warm. The world will keep on turning, let it turn you warm. Let us not stop burning, we can help one another be strong. Let us never lose our yearning, to keep the fire burning all night long. Stephen, last week we debuted a new segment called My First Trail Race. We heard from Andy Allen and we got such great feedback. We did actually. That we thought we'd got to do part two. Why not? Yes. <laughs> Why wouldn't we? <laughs> so we turned to one of our friends who we know did a trail race very recently and mm-hmm. that's Danny. Yep. And so we have three different segments that we'll hear from Danny. So let's hear part one of Danny's first trail race. My first trail race was Blaze Trails Running Grasslands Half Marathon at LBJ Grasslands. The first thing I noticed is our podcasters. And I say that plural. However, it was really Jeff that I saw. And that's where the joke came from. I felt Stephen was a hologram because every time I saw Jeff, Stephen was nowhere around. But in all seriousness, the first thing I noticed was just the openness of the site You know, I did a lot of road running before entering trail racing and people were scattered about and hanging around tents, stand-up hammocks, sports chairs, just hanging out. Everyone seemed like they were having a good time. The second thing I noticed at my first trail race was because of COVID protocols, runners were going out in waves and these waves had been determined by time. But there was just a atmosphere of trust. Even though you were assigned a group, you could have gone out with any of them. However, you went out with your wave and it just, it felt there's just such a trusting environment. And you just went, you know, I'm like, okay, it's my time to go. And the people at the tent were like, okay, yeah, you, the timer's there. It'll pick up your chip and you just go. And so I took off and the next thing I noticed was my Spotify playlist <laughs> didn't work because we were out in the middle of nowhere and I had no reception. So if you take anything from my segment, please take this. Download your running playlist if you are the runner who runs with music. I do race with music. I find it motivates me. It keeps me going. But I had done enough marathon training on my own to enjoy my own company. <laughs> so I went ahead and spent a little over two hours in nature running this half marathon. And that was great. 
Well, Stephen, something I think every new trail runner picks up on is the atmosphere. It's very, Andy talked about it last week with the hype man. Right. And the high energy (laughs) and the high stress that comes with that and the high anxiety that comes with that as well. Right. Trail races, it's just chill. Yeah. There's no gun that goes off and all of a sudden you're stampeding to get there. Nobody's like leaning down at a starting line and short, 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 shorts, ready to go. (laughs) No, it's just very relaxed as she pointed out out and this was during covid so there were some protocols as she pointed out but even then there were people out with like she said chairs and throwing out blankets and things like that it's just a fun enjoyable relax there's just no stress to it that to me is one of the biggest differences between road running and trail running is the more laid-back atmosphere yeah I think one thing that I thought that Danny described, and I think especially good for new trail runners, but it happens to everybody, is that she said she alluded to that she'd put the training and all that kind of stuff. But something's always going to go wrong, (laughs) especially in a trail race. And so you don't know what it is, but you just have to be okay with it. And yeah, could Danny physically run without her Spotify? Of course. But sometimes that can throw people off. So things are going to happen. You might forget something in your pack or whatever, like something, there's no such thing as a perfect race. There's always going to be an element missing. So I think the understanding is no, that's going to happen, but don't be thrown off by it. And I think she did a really good job with that. So that's not only something to learn, but I think she did a really good job of mitigating that in the moment. Steve, I didn't even pick up on that. That's brilliant. Well, I try. (laughs) That's really, no, that's really good. That's very true. Something always is going to happen that you don't expect. Right. Sometimes in a good way. Yeah. (laughs) Sometimes in a bad way. Don't have your music and you just adjust. And the other thing I think she pointed out, and this kind of goes with the laid back atmosphere, is, hey, when it's your turn to go, just go. Right. You know, it's no big deal. (laughs) Like, there's no, no one's going to grab you and tell you, oh, you can't go yet. It's just, there's just that laid back fun and kind of community element to trail running that I think tracks people right off the bat. Right. Let's continue on with Danny's very first trail race. The next thing I noticed is there were a mixture of walkers and runners on this course and everyone you passed said hi. It, I mean, granted, I'm pretty sure there were some people who didn't, but at the end of the day, it really did feel like everyone I passed said hi, which motivated me to say hi to people as they passed. And if you know me, you know, I, um, am introverted. So that was stepping out of my shell, but I think it was just a testament to the atmosphere of just trail running. The next thing I noticed was how present you needed to be. Sometimes with road racing, you're focused and you're trying to get to the finish line and you're running. And my former supervisor said it best. He was competitive runner. He just liked to go out and just like, okay, just start picking people off pass and pass and pass and pass. Maybe because I didn't start off in the first wave, I didn't feel that. (laughs) But I definitely just felt this need to be present, you know, didn't want to trip over a root, didn't want to stumble into a hole, didn't want to run into other runners. You know, just this appreciation that I was running in nature It makes you respectful. It humbles you. And definitely there's just a different vibe. There was a different vibe that day, especially because the course was sandy. And I believe I was made aware of this that Thursday before the race. I didn't know what to expect. 
I'm pretty sure if I knew what it was going to be, I might not have signed up for it. So I'm pretty grateful I didn't know. Yeah, Stephen, as she points out, and we hear this a lot, it's the friendly nature of trail running. I I think I've, I've mentioned this before when I would road race, I'm a pretty gregarious guy in right. M7. So I'd like to talk to people <laughs> and I'd talk to people and they wouldn't talk back. I'm like, man, they're so rude. They're listening to music. They're zoned out. And that's one thing I love about trailing. You don't, there's no really zoning out. Now you can be with your thoughts and you can process things, but you do need to be, as you pointed out, present and active because you know a lot of times it's technical there's roots and rocks and things and right that's a part about trail running that i like is that technical more being present part of running a trail yeah i think we should change her her instagram handle to unicorn spew wisdom because (laughs) (laughs) um yeah i think it's really true i think especially when you're in nature there's not only like you're saying, like you're physically having to see if there's a root or a rock or those kind of things, but there's more to take in. Like I think when you're road running, you're kind of on autopilot. You just kind of get in your pace. You've trained that pace and you go and you happen to have, hope you have a kick at the end, you know, kind of thing. And it's just who has the faster pace, but like you really have to absorb. And, and that's, I think one of the benefits of it, I think it's zoning out in a different way you know it's like the conditions and the elements or are more in your face and so that's really insightful of her but i think the idea for first-time trail runners is to kind of do what danny does and soak it all in in addition to like am i going to step on a root or hit somebody (laughs) you know whatever it's like soak in that moment and that's the part at least for me that's very refreshing. I don't, know if, I don't know if healing is the right word, but rest, very restorative, I think, is really pretty cool. So it's interesting for her to, to kind of say that because I think that's a great opportunity, especially for first-time runners. Yeah, when you're running on the concrete, you don't go, oh, that concrete looks different than that <laughs> right. concrete. Yeah. Or that blacktop looks different. It's just, right. It just tends to be the same. And she pointed out the sandy nature of this course, and that's one thing that we, we both ran this as well. It struck us too. It was like running in sand. It was pretty difficult, but there were changes in the terrain. There was pasture that we ran through. There were, you know, cows and gates to go through and just a lot of variety. So I, I love how you pointed out just soaking everything in. And she talked about being respectful and having that kind of vibe that's different. And I think that's part of it. It's, it's the nature, it's the elements, it's the changes that you notice right i remember uh, our friend kelly was talking about the changes in the leaves when she would run on her trails out there in Asheville, uh-huh. north carolina just those noticing those subtle things that that you don't just notice when you're running down the road right i love that yeah i think the last thing jeff i thought was really important too is um she said something, and again, I don't want to read into too much of it or anything, but she said maybe if she had known, you know, the fact that there was going to sand, she might have not signed up for it. I think it's okay not knowing some things because it's an unexpected challenge. And sometimes we run these races like Bandera or whatever, and we know that, okay, there's that one hill and that kind of stuff. And that's cool. But when you're faced with an unknown, <laughs> especially when it's a challenge, I think there's growth that happens there. And I think any first-time trail runner, because obviously it's your first race, <laughs> you, you don't know what the challenges are. Even if somebody tells you, you know, like, oh, so I think that idea that she stuck with it with that mental fortitude and just went ahead and did it anyway, much respect to her. But I think that's just a good muscle to flex. You're right, Stephen. He's got some good insights. I know. Unicorn spews wisdom. Spews wisdom. Well, we're going to get a little bit more wisdom because here's part three of Danny's first trail race. My final observation, you have to go through it to go through it 
for this course, you know, there were certain areas where you kind of veer off if there was a rough patch, but there was a water crossing at one point and you really couldn't go around it. I didn't have the coordination to jump it. So I ran through it. And so this was near the beginning and my shoes got wet early on. I was wearing the right socks, fortunately. It was pretty motivating and just, it was just this learning moment. You know, I am an Enneagram 4 and we tend to be the creative types. I do write, I enjoy writing and I can find meaning in any, <laughs> any part of life. And that yeah, I think about that moment quite a bit when you face something difficult in life and you don't want to face it. It's so challenging. And yet the only way to actually get through it is just to move through it. And I think about that water crossing on occasion and having a strong supportive community around me of trail runners, including the big ass runner herd. I was wearing the right socks. I mean, don't underestimate how important these little things are to help get you to the finish line. And these are my observations for my first trail race. Again, if you don't remember anything from this, please remember to download your Spotify playlist. Wow, Stephen, there's probably four or five phrases she just stated that could, they could go in a poster <laughs> right exactly. or a bumper sticker incredible yeah no I, I agree jeff i mean i had a friend one time said something similar to what she was saying it's like whatever you're going through you're going through <laughs> you know and there are times you know whether it's personally or in a race like if you can't go over it you can't go under it you can't go around it you just got to go through it and i think in life we do that and then also in races but again just making the decision to doing it is really important i think the other thing that i thought was really good is just you plan as much as you can down to the socks down to i do crazy things okay i'm going to take these two tablets at this point in time you know and put these bags and label everything the details matter and they will matter in the moment and they might not collectively add up to something but those little things, so it's kind of like you do need to sweat the small stuff because it's probably going to help you at some point in time. I know when people ask me, well, why would you want to do a 100K? Why would you want to put yourself through that? <laughs> the words that Danny just said to me is exactly it. You know, a lot of times I think in life we try to take the easy way out or take the easier path, the, the path most traveled, you right. know, but trail runners take the path least traveled. Right. They're willing to do the hard things. They're willing to challenge themselves. But all that said, Danny just said it perfectly. You have to go through it to mm -hmm. go through it. And there's times where you just got to suck it up and do it. And if you do, you'll become a better person on the other side. Yep. She said it way better than I just did. But yeah. I just <laughs> love, I love that insight. That is just such a great insight. And the way she finished that off by saying the little things or what gets you to the finish line. Yeah. So observant. Yeah. You know, a lot of times in life, we're looking for those big rocks, those big wows, but sometimes it's those little, just a, a phone call to a friend or a, a text of encouragement to somebody. Right. Or telling them to wear the right kind of socks. <laughs> those little things that mean so much and help someone get to the finish line. Yeah. Well, that's very insightful. And I think this is sage wisdom for all runners, but especially if you're thinking or considering doing trail race, I think Danny brings a lot of great insight and wisdom to that. And I think she did really, really well, by the way. I know she did she, great. She didn't want to humble brag on herself, but I think it was a half marathon race, if I remember correctly, because we were there. And I think she completed that 
the trail race faster than she did her road time. Is that correct? Something like that. She did really, really well, as yeah. I recall. So all of that time and preparation and training, having a goal, and then going out there in adversity and accomplishing it, just lots of respect to you, Danny, and thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah, Danny, we really appreciate you. You bring uniqueness to this world that the world needs, and so we thank you so much for sharing that, and that's why we love this segment so much too, Stephen. Yeah. Is, you just get an insight from people that you know we don't see because we've done so many races, but people notice and bring delight, and we just love that. So that is part two of my first trail race. Well, Stephen, one of the things we love to do is to give shout-outs and kudos to the big-ass runners out there making things happen. Who do we have this week? So, Jeff, this week we have Ryan Miller. So, Ryan is somebody that we met briefly at Bandera, and he recently ran in the Western States race. I don't know if you guys know, but some of these races, if you win them, you get a golden ticket. doesn't get you a lot of chocolate like Willy Wonka, but it does give you free entry into Western States. And he just ran that this weekend. And Stephen, I think he won Bandera because of the pickle juice he drank at our aid station, Choppa's aid station. <laughs> he came flying in and, and he stopped, right. turned and saw the pickle juice grabbed some, drank it, and ran off in one Bandera. Right. Pretty much. I think we we single-handedly helped with that. So, yeah, it was more like a blur that went through the barn, but yes. (laughs) We did want to give Ryan a shout-out because, as Steven said, he did compete in Western States, and his son, earlier that week in daycare, he was sharing this on social media, got a cold or something, gave it to Ryan, and Thursday night, Ryan wasn't sure if he'd even run Western States or not, but he wanted to give it a go. He did great. He had to pull out, unfortunately, at Michigan Bluff, I think is at mile 55. So he gave it an amazing effort with that kind of sickness. Yeah. Make it 55 miles. Pretty incredible. More than halfway and being sick. That's kind of why we wanted to give him a shout out. You know, just really great job. An elite athlete who runs for Nike. And just a lot of respect for these people that went out there and, and ran that race. And we both went to the same college, Texas that, A&M. That's right. He's he is, an Aggie. He is an Aggie, so it can't be all that bad. That's exactly right. Well, way to go, Ryan. Well, as we mentioned, Western States was run last weekend, depending on when you listen to this podcast (laughs) episode. Recently, for sure. Recently run, and it is, at least in the States, it's the Super Bowl of trail races. Yeah, I think all the who's who and the winners of these major races, they all kind of ascend in this part of California, essentially. A lot of people are talking about it because it was not run last year. It was run this year, which is awesome. And of course... When Jim Wamsley's running in a race, you expect him to win, and he did win again this year. So a lot of people are talking about some of the obvious things that happened, like how hot it was and some other things. We thought, Stephen, because this is the service and the value that we provide the big-ass runners, we thought we would bring you 10 unlikely insights that you're probably not going to get on any (laughs) other podcast. 
I think we can guarantee that for sure, you know, because again, this is a podcast for everyday trail runners and ultra runners out there. So you're probably not watching their split times and looking at the yearly records and that kind of stuff, but it is an important race to our sport. So we'd break it down. So here are those insights. So Jeff, what's your first one? What's one of your first observations that maybe the average person didn't quite get? Well, I watched a ton of this coverage much more (laughs) than I should have. I went for a morning run on Saturday and then I came home. I had heard that they would do a live coverage on YouTube. And so I found the YouTube live coverage and they had two people there talking about the race and getting reports and then were following where everybody was and had the live chat going. And I thought, man, this is awesome. You know, other trail runners are on here with me. (laughs) They're chatting it up, talking about the race and all that sort of thing. And then Stephen, the unfortunate thing happened. Would somebody, somebody follow the race or... No. So in the chat, you know, you'd think this is a place where you're not going to have internet trolls. Right. I was wrong. Uh, Yeah. So every once in a while, someone like, you know, Sally McRae, who's the yellow runner would pop on or the ginger runner would pop on, you know, in chat or Billy Yang, who we loved as great videos would pop on. So Billy Yang pops on there and is chatting and people are chatting back. And all of a sudden this guy says, Billy Yang's videos are terrible. Oh my like, gosh. Come on. What are we, 12 years old? He probably was. He probably was. He just responded with whatever that person's name was in a clown face, which I thought was perfect. <laughs> but my observation is there's trolls everywhere. Why? Why? That was my big question is why I thought you know, this would all be fellow trail runners who are just going to be encouraging and right. all the things we love about trail races. And there were trolls in the dead gum chat Ugh. of Western States. And then I started to think, Stephen, there's a saying that one of my friends says, uh-huh. he says, hurt people, hurt people. That's true. And I think, I thought, what is going on in someone's life where they want to go on a Western States live <laughs> YouTube chat and troll people like there's got to be some woundedness, right? I don't want to over, you know, conceptualize this or overthink (laughs) it, but it just made me kind of sad that something is going on in someone's life. And I thought, let's just try kindness. Let's try kindness. See if that works for you instead of the internet trolling. So anyway, that was one of my observations is that wherever you go, you got to deal with it. Yeah. And I just kind of hurt for those people. Yeah. Well, I guess Billy Yang was right. Where there's clowns, there's a circus. So (laughs) it sure was. (laughs) Yeah. What about you, Stephen? Any unlikely insights from Western States? Oh, Jeff, I have so many of them and they are so deep. The first one was this is that I wasn't aware that bucket hats are really, really good for trail running. Apparently. Yeah. So uh, some of you guys, you know, maybe you didn't follow the race and, and I loosely saw a little bit about it, but the winner is a guy named Jim Wamsley and he's like the top guy who wins this race. I think this is maybe the third time he's Third won. time in a row, yep. Third time in a row, okay. And he's running most of the race with this bucket hat. And I know bucket hats are really popular. My kids got some. I ordered one for vacation actually. But to run in it, I mean, again, I'm not trying to assess a tire or anything. It's just something you don't see very often. So he's running with this big bucket hat. And it just led me to believe that maybe when Gilligan was lost all of those years on that island, 
maybe he was like the first trail runner. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if the professor and Ginger were his running partners, but I just thought, well, maybe there's some kind of correlation there. So that was an insight I had that maybe people didn't really realize. It could be. Could yeah. you be at least one of the first ones. Yeah, exactly. I mean, what else were you going to do on the island? Exactly. But run, I tell you, there was a lot of chatter on the live feed about the bucket hat. That caused quite a <laughs> kerfuffle. Yes. Well, Stephen, one of the things I observed is, and I don't know if you caught some of the Coca Dona too, 50 coverage a little bit yeah but more and more you're starting to see live coverage of races mm-hmm. and live video so they'll have people stationed out and unfortunately with western states it's pretty remote some areas and so there wasn't a ton but there was quite a bit and you got to you know hear the feedback and hear the stories and hear, here's what's going on in this aid station and see some of the live coverage and i think that's going to continue to evolve and get better and better which I think is good, but I think there's a line. Yeah. And what I mean by that, I don't want it to get too good. I don't want it to be like this polished yep. TV show, <laughs> Western States you know, right. show that you can watch. It, I want it to feel like a trail race. Like there's this authenticity to it and this rawness and – like you're getting, you know, mobile phone coverage of Jim running, you know, and you're getting a little, little seasick because it's right. jumbled. Like I just don't want it to get too, too fancy, too techy, too polished. Yeah, I mean, I don't think we want to go full Blair Witch, you know, kind of thing. No, no. Yeah, but I think somewhere in between that and the coverage they have. But I, I can see that that would be fascinating to see the updates and just when you're watching real time, somebody, you know, go through this race and do it. It is quite fascinating. I will give Aravipa Racing a big nod. They had incredible coverage of the Cocodona 250 and that was five full days and they they did an amazing job that's a long time to bring you that kind of coverage is really great you want to hear something a secret thing that i think would be really fun jeff yes i think i would love it if you and i could cover a race we even if we do that even if it's like a 10k i mean i think we could bring some commentary to it maybe have timmy time sing the national anthem i mean i think there's a package so if we have any race directors out there Hit us bring up. us in. Yeah, bring us in. We can give some insights. We can call the finishers as they're coming in. So I don't know, just something that I thought would be kind of fun. That'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, any other insights, Stephen, that you have? Yeah, I've got a few. So Jeff, one of them is that most trail races have aid stations. And of course, we all know aid stations are. So these on Western states, it's like the aid stations are more like meetup groups because they have their crews and they're bringing their own nutrition. So it seemed like they were more like checkpoints. But, you know, usually you expect to change some shoes and get some nutrition, all the things you normally expect. Well, apparently at Western States, during one of the last A stations, there was a runner, Jeff, who I think was not sponsored or sponsored by somebody else. And during that aid station, he ended up signing with Hoka. In the aid station? In the aid station. So like the last like 10 or 15 miles, he literally switched gear and he probably switched gears too and <laughs> was wearing Hoka stuff. And I think one of the commentators was like, oh, here, oh, wait a minute. So-and-so, no, oh, he's wearing Nike now or he's wearing, you know, Hoka. And so I guess apparently at aid stations, you can get sponsored now. So well, I got to keep that in mind. I know. I'll look out for, you know, keep the Sharpie nice and ready to go. So, but yeah, so I guess aid stations um, have more purposes now. Like a financial aid station? A financial aid station. That's right. Nice, I'm going to apply for a financial aid station. <laughs> well, another insight I had, Stephen, from the Western States 100 is that, I got to be honest, the Clydesdales were way underrepresented. <laughs> I didn't see any Clydesdales out on the course. This used to be a horse race, okay? That's true. We need more 
Clydesdales out there. Let's get some Clydesdales into the race. I think you've got to get a yellow ticket, but there's also a lottery. Oh, it's true. There should be certain spots reserved for the Clydesdale. Right. Embrace your heritage. (laughs) Bring the Clydesdales in. Let's make it happen. Yeah, maybe it's like a stable section, you know, where the Clydesdales can kind of roll up, you That's know, right. and stuff. And they might get like a little longer time allotment, but I think that'd be great. That would be awesome. Yeah. That's a great observation. I think maybe we should send a message into the Western States Committee. So Love it. Yeah. I've got another one, Jeff. I thought this was kind of cool. This is kind of a more serious one, but I noticed that the first half of the race, you know, this is a big race, you know, that everybody's trying to win. But there was a lot of pack running that was being done by similar teams that were sponsored together. So, for instance, Hoka, you know, had several runners in that race. And if you hadn't run before, like in cross country, but there's this principle called pack running where you kind of run together and somebody sets the pace and then then, then maybe they relax off and somebody else does. But it's the idea of doing more and better together. And seeing the first half of the race, there was a lot of that pack running together that they did. And it's not just, you know, trying to draft off of somebody, but it's really just helping each other out, encouraging. And, you know, if you're running with four or five people and someone's pushing the pace and pulls back and then somebody else does that, you can actually go further faster together. So to see that in a, quote, serious competition was really, really cool to see. So I was excited to see that and kind of reminded me of my cross-country days. I love that. You know, you see that NASCAR where you've got teammates that will, you know, drive together, draft off each other. So I guess that's like same kind of concept. Yeah, same concept of that. And I never go that fast in a trail race, but yes, definitely. You know, go Mach 3 or whatever it is. Right. And most people think about drafting as the kind of beer afterwards. So (laughs) That's true. But yeah, it's pretty cool to, to see that with elite athletes in a very, you know, like you said, the Super Bowl kind of thing was pretty cool. Steven, I think these insights are not being covered by most media. You know, we are bringing the insights. We put out the one sheet on the PR wire and it's been a little silent since then, but I'm sure they're just, it's probably so deep that they're probably have to give their brain a rest. I'm sure Ultra Runner magazine costs any minute with these great insights. Well, I do have another one. Let me hear that one. Remember we did back in March, we did the March Madness style bracket oh yeah for racing sure for trail shoes yeah arch madness arch madness that's right yeah and i noticed because i was looking at you know i'm a shoe guy right let's love to look at some shoes you're a shoe horse a shoe, a shoe clydesdale <laughs> shoe clydesdale, <laughs> shoe clydesdale. <laughs> of the top five men steven oh, are you curious at, to know look at this you did some intense did. research here do you know what kind of shoes they wore Horseshoes. Nope. No um no tell me like the brand well jim walmsley who won the race is a hoka runner there was another Hoka runner in the top five. So that's two Hokas. Okay. There were two Nikes. What? Wow. Yep. And the fifth was Scott. Not Scott Gracer. Not the old wise one. Really? But the brand Scott. Now, I knew of Scott from skiing. I know they make skis and outdoor kind of stuff. I was not even aware that they made trail running shoes. I believe they had two runners in the top ten wearing Scott. I looked them up. They look pretty cool. I think we've been sleeping on the Scott trail shoes. Yeah. They weren't even in the hemisphere in our bracket. No, so. they didn't even make the bottom, the 64. Yeah. So as we're talking, I'm looking them up and you're right. They actually make shoes. I thought just thought they made poles and goggles like nope. literally. Yeah. Wow. Well, so we're going to have to try those out. 
Okay, Scott, if you're listening, I know that all of these sponsors are really listening to us. Um, one Clydesdale and one non-Clydesdale would like to have, place an order for some Scott shoes without poles, and we would love to see how they feel. And if you want to throw in some poles, I'm fine with that too. That's true. <laughs> so. All right. Well, that's a good insight, Jeff. Um, I didn't know that they made shoes and they're not made out of metal. So that's great. So they look pretty cool. One of them is called the Scott Pursuit. Wow. Oh, like, right. like a poaching tool. All right. Well, that's a really good insight, Jeff. And you know what? I appreciate you doing that without the data scientist. Like you really pulled that information in. So. You know what? I was pretty proud of myself. I created an Excel spreadsheet. <laughs> I didn't know what a pivot table was or how to do it, but I did know how to do a spreadsheet. I'm well, pretty, pretty proud. That's pretty amazing. Um, you know, one other insight that I had, Jeff, was I wasn't aware of how much of a duathlon this was. A do what do you mean duathlon? Well, you usually have like two disciplines, like a triathlon. You know, you'd have you know swimming, biking, and running. Well, apparently, <laughs> this race has like a couple of stream crossings, and usually, you know, we had Danny on; she was talking about a stream crossing. Well, that's like hopping or running through. This one, you have to like they. I, from what I could see, it was almost like up to your neck and you have to like, there's pull. a rope. <laughs> you got you to have a yeah. rope and a life vest and a raft. No, no, not that bad. But, but yeah, I mean, we talk about getting wet and wearing socks and some of the things we talk about, but like, you're like fully, like you're all in wet and then you just have to keep on running. Like that's yeah. amazing, Jeff. I mean, I'm, I'm sure, I know this was a hotter race than normal, but, and it probably felt good to cool off, but to be, completely submersed in water and to kind of have to swim or doggy paddle for a pretty good distance and then get out and keep on running. I mean, that's crazy. Yeah. It's a pretty famous water crossing there, Stephen. I think there's even stories about people getting swept away a little bit or off, not, not all the way down, oh, okay. but like getting off the rope and wow. losing the rope for a moment and people panicking a little bit. And it's probably the highest stress of any trail race, right? <laughs> right. It's crossing a big old river like that. Yeah. Who knew? I mean, I've, I've heard of obstacles, but like swimming in a race, that's pretty cool. So I'm looking forward to trying that sometime. <laughs> you got to brush up on your swimming lessons. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, Jeff, do you have anything else? I know we've... Uh, any yeah, my last one. This is more of a jargon observation. Oh, wow. My wife is an English major and a phenomenal writer. So I've always, I think... Because of that, observe language and the way people use different words. And I noticed this a lot at Cocodona coverage because I listened to almost five days worth of it. <laughs> and I also noticed it on the Western States coverage. Right. There is a new word mm -hmm. or a new phrase. Instead of saying, I agree, Stephen. Right. Or absolutely, Stephen. Right. You say 100%. Really? 100%. Oh. <laughs> See how I did that? Yeah. I wonder if this is because of the data scientists. I'm going to blame them a little bit because they love percentages and ratios. Right. But if you ever notice when someone agrees with you, you're like, oh, yeah, 100%. Right. 100%. Huh. Yeah, 100%. People do that. <laughs> and if you're really cool. Really? Oh. This, this, is, this is next level. Okay. Okay, so hold on. All right. Sit down, everybody. You don't say 100%. You say 100P. Really? You say 100P, Stephen, 100P. Wow. I don't think I'm that cool to say that. And I don't know if that I have that much certainty. I have 100% certainty. <laughs> they do because they say 100%. It's not 99%, Stephen. Yeah. It's 100%. So is this like the hipster kids saying this or is it the younger generation or is this just the new way to say 
Jeff, heck yeah. I'm absolutely certain what you just said, but that's it. That's it. I think it's all ages. Okay. Oh, really? I, I think it's all people. It's an all skate. Anybody can it's, do it. It's all skate. <laughs> there was one person on the Cocodona coverage that said it more often than another. I'm not going to call any names out. <laughs> right. But he answered pretty much every question with 100%. Right. Well, it's a very certain guy. Yeah. I guess it's, you know, three characters to put in or that 100% little emoji. So, I mean, yeah. Well, Stephen, any final observations that you have? 100%. I got one more. (laughs) (laughs) I think this one we all know, but I'm going to call it DNFing. So, yeah, you heard that right, DNFing. I think that what's interesting about this one is we, we talk about races and when we talk about, you know, did not finish and stuff. This one, I think it seemed like this year had a higher amount of people that DNF'd. And again, these are elite athletes. I mean, these are elite, elite. These guys, I don't know how fast, but I'm thinking like eight minute miles or seven minute miles for a hundred miles consistently nonstop. But some of these guys and gals had to DNF, but that doesn't mean they didn't have a good race or the, their training wasn't for naught, you know, or all of that. And I'm sure it's heartening and it's sad and that kind of stuff, but, but even if elite athletes DNF because of circumstances like we were talking about Ryan or other people because of the heat or whatever, if it applies to them, it applies to us is what I'm saying, I guess. And just seeing that. So, you know, obviously nobody goes into a race saying, you know, I want that to happen, but everybody started the race. They gave it their all and did what they could do the best on that day. And again, I'm not saying this sounds weird. I'm not saying it was cool to see that from elite athletes, but it's just cool to know that they try and they do their best as well. And it doesn't mean that you have to be elite or, you know, average or just starting out. It probably happens at some point in time and that's okay. You know, as long as you gave it your all in that moment, I thought that was a really cool observation. And I didn't see that in trail runner magazine. You didn't, they didn't talk about that. No, They did not. Well, it was a great race. I love watching all 10, I think 10 hours that I sat there on the couch watching the live stream. Some of my favorite runners, I love Casey Lichtigue. She did really well. She's top 10 in the ladies. Wow. The ladies overall had a really strong field this year. Like they did 15 in the top 30 or something like that? They did that? really, really well. In fact, Ragna, I think her last name is Debate. Uh-huh. Wow. She was, she's 42 years old, so she's a fellow Masters runner, wow. Stephen. She came in third. Awesome. 42 years old. Did phenomenal. So it was a great race. We love Western States. A lot of fun. So hopefully you got some insights from us that you're not going to hear just anywhere. Yeah. Way to go, ladies, too. That's really awesome to see. So that's, Stephen, that's 10 unlikely insights <laughs> from Western States. Well, Stephen, believe it or not, that is the end of episode number, almost to 50, number 49. Well, I think we're going to have to go out to CVS and get some Geritol for the next episode. <laughs> I know, I'm starting to get all stove up. A little irregular right now, but anyway, yeah, we hope you guys liked that episode. We really enjoyed doing this, and special thanks to Danny for sharing her unicorn wisdom. That was really awesome to share, and hopefully you guys got some insights on uh, first trail running races. Yes, and thanks to Rusty and the whole family for doing an incredible intro for Ryan Miller who you know is fueled by our pickle juice at Chapa. totally yeah 
really showed a lot of grit at Western States this year. And hopefully you learned a few things at least from us, from our insights from Western States. You know, Stephen, I have been doing a ton of heart rate training. I don't know if you've noticed that. Yeah, you've been doing amazing at that. You've been very consistent out on that track. I actually, all kidding aside, like a lot of respect to you. I mean, the patience and sticking with it is not the easiest thing and seeing it from a distance, it seems like it's pretty hard. I'm running a lot of circles, let's put it that <laughs> way. And I'm listening to a lot of Audible and I just wanted to point out, because you, everyone knows that we're partners with Path Projects. Right. I carry my phone with me so I can listen to Audible. I don't want to have the same thing happen that would happen with Danny where she didn't have any service. Right. And the pocket in the back, I know you have these shorts too, uh-huh. fits the iPhone and it doesn't bounce. It's true. It doesn't. And I don't know the, all the iPhone sizing, but I've got a larger one and it fits really nice. What I like about it too is it doesn't sit low or high. It just sits in the right spot. It's almost like the small, the back. I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. I'm probably not describing it right, but it does, like you said, doesn't bobble around. And usually after I run, I'll head over to the grocery store and grab a salad or something so I can put my keys in the front pocket. They just got so many great pockets. So. Yeah. All I ask, go check out pathprojects.com. They have the best shorts. Get the liners as well. Steven, the liner separate from the shorts is genius. Yeah, it's a good idea. And running the shorts without the liners would, would not be a good idea. <laughs> that's, not a, that's not a great idea yeah, either. No, yeah. So check out Path Project Shorts at pathprojects.com. Steven, anything else we want to cover before we wrap up episode 49? Thanks again for listening. We certainly appreciate it. We hope you guys have a great week. And we want to say a special thanks to Steve the Silky Smooth Saunders. Whoa, Silky Smooth. Whoa, Silky Smooth, Steve. Uh, audio engineer. So until then, get out there, run those trails. And keep running your asses off. She's just a girl and she's on fire. And we are big-ass runners coming to you from a tightly packed closet in Woodstock, Georgia. There was a lot of chatter on the live feed about the bucket hat that, that caught, caused quite a <laughs> kerfluttle. Yeah, I think I think what's it that was word you use? Kerfuffle. Kerfuffle. Yes. Yeah, it's 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 pretty cool to, to see that with elite athletes in a very you know like you said the Super Bowl kind of thing was was pretty cool. Hang on, I gotta get some. Steve, we are taking. We're a plugging in power, Steve. Sorry about that. Oh, uh, you fellas have nothing to worry about. I'm a professional. And keep running your asses off. We got to work in Steve as well. Oh, crap. Now comes the sad part. Sad part? Saying goodbye. Oh, yeah. Goodbye, Skipper. Bye, Gilligan. Go, Bay House Runners! <laughs>